We're on a mission from God. I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Coming to you live from his padded cell high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history. This is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are coming to you live from our top secret broadcasting bunker here at Area 52. This is the talk show Hell Hates. The more you listen, the more you know why. And I've got one more person here in the studio with me that hell doesn't like. And if you got to know him, maybe you wouldn't like him either. It's Pastor Lordson Rock from coming to us all the way from Goa, India. And uh, he is pleased to be with us today. Pastor Rock, tell everybody just how happy you are <laughs> to be sitting in this room with me today. I am very, very happy. And what a joy it is. I've been watching this radio program all my life, you know, since I came to know about Pastor Mike Hoggard. And here am I, sitting right in his secret bunker. Uh, oh, man, this is really, really great. It's a... Uh, um, I don't know what to how to describe, but incredible setup here, and uh, I'm so happy and delighted to sit with Pastor Mike Hoggan and do this show today. Well, we're delighted to have you uh, with us this week. When you uh, notified me and told me that you were going to be uh, in this country again, uh, woohoo! All right, uh, I like Pastor. I do. I um, consider him my friend. And we get along pretty good together, and I think we think along the same lines on a lot of some of the important things. Maybe some of the important things. I don't know. I, I have. I you guys know I have a policy. If I think that maybe what I think might disagree with what one of my friends or brothers in the ministry thinks, I don't bring it up. I don't touch it. I don't. I am, I'm not looking to make more enemies. I've already got That's right. enough That's right. enemies. <laughs> and so I try to keep my friends uh, as close as humanly possible. B- by the way, uh, let me see if, if I can find this. Let's see here. Where was it? Um, if, you, if you were watching our... Um, our Sunday school, no, that's not it. If you were watching our Sunday school uh, broadcast uh, from Sunday morning, uh, and if it's, I don't know if it's been posted online or not yet, but um, there was already, where is my, where's my programs? Did I shut everything down and restart it? Maybe I did, I don't know. But anyway, um, I got... Uh, notified that the person who was there from the Purdue University uh, school newspaper uh, wrote the article that they were there to write. Now, uh, when it comes to someone who doesn't know the Lord 
And for them to be introduced to me in just a matter of maybe a couple of hours, because that's really all they got from me. They came to the meeting. They heard what I said. They sort of, uh, and, and this person, this guy, had, what was his name? Will Courtney. Um, I have the article here up on the screen. I, I guess maybe I can put it up there. Let me see what I can do here. That's a nice picture there. Yeah, of course it is. Um, there is a picture of me on there. Let's see here. Yeah, I'll do it like this. Aliens, Bigfoot. And AI Chariots is the article. The, the paper is called The Exponent. Uh, I'm assuming this is a publication put out by Purdue University, as you would see there, Campus, Campus News, and so and, and Greek. Greek, let's see what that is. Greek cooperatives continue to achieve. Oh, this would be... Uh, uh, oh, what do they call them? Phi Kappa Alpha, Alpha, you know, sororities and fraternities. That's what I'm trying to think of. So anyway, let me read this to you real quick and we'll read along. And let me just say this. When it comes to when it comes to who I am and what I do. There really is no such thing as bad publicity. Mm hmm. That's right. What this guy doesn't realize he did was he just advertised me to however many thousand students, faculty, people who live in and around the campus, alumni mm -hmm. who probably still get this paper. He just introduced me to several thousand people. I can't lose on that. I can't. And, and you know what, Pastor? When people will go on Google and put this UFO, this is going to come up. Uh, oh, yeah. millions of people are going to watch it and, and read about it. And uh, what an advertisement it is. So that's me there, in case you don't recognize it. Um, let's see here. That is, is that my wife's head? It looks like that. I think it is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the 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 uh, note on the picture says, Pastor Mike Hoggard, a UFO theorist, <laughs> presents to a group of West Lafayette and Lafayette residents. The meeting was nearly called off due to low attendance, but some late arrivals allowed Pastor Mike to present. Yes, hey. that's what I said Sunday. Uh, now, tinfoil baseball caps. Ritualistic satanic sex. Now, let me say this. He's starting out with this. That's not what I started out with. I may have spoken about that this long on uh, this ritualistic satanic, you know. But he makes that a big deal, all right? And uh, what I'm going to do is, oh, well, I don't have a recording of his of his um, interview with me. But what I do, I have the recording of the meeting that he attended Wednesday night, and I will edit it and get it out in the next couple weeks. Uh, Ten foil baseball caps, ritualistic, satanic fornication, the coolest car in the universe, and, and the biblical basis for Bigfoot were just a few of the items covered at the Area 52 UFO conference. In a sterile room, I haven't figured that one out. 
Mm-hmm. In a sterile room at the River City Community Center Wednesday, Pastor Mike Hoggard stood behind a podium with the drawings of aliens flashing on a screen behind him. Flashing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, a banner reading, Why Are They Here? Think Bible, hung outside the door. Hoggard, who calls himself the UFO pastor, is a difficult man to describe. Ah, <laughs> uh, Maybe, I don't know. Hoggard runs the Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri, but also hosts a number of internet shows ranging from a Wednesday Bible study to his Watchmen video broadcast series where he talks about anything from aliens to demons. For the last five years, I've been going to different places in the country and showing groups like this that the UFO phenomena is real, Hoggard said. It's not like we're trying to show them that Santa Claus is real. Congress is not covering up Santa Claus. Now, that is a a theme that I brought up in the meeting, and I've done it before. I've done it at a church and, and said, look, if you've never seen a real picture of Santa Claus, there's a reason. If you've never seen an actual photograph of the Easter Bunny, there's a reason. They don't exist. The fact that there are thousands, thousands of legitimate pictures, video of UFOs is because there have been thousands upon thousands of appearances of unidentified flying objects. None of them, none of them guided by a tiny reindeer. Attendees, about 12 in all, uh, were dispersed around an otherwise barren room on one side, an older man with a black bird, and the bird wasn't black. He got that wrong. A black bird in a cage sat silently behind Kevin York, an Indianapolis local, sat clad in an American flag short-sleeved T-shirt. Ooh, I wonder if he is a, an American right-wing fundamentalist extremist constitutionalist that believes in the Second Amendment. Well, of course he does. It's Ke- it's Kevin. I know Kevin. Um, at one point, Hoggard asked the audience what dark sentences in the Bible means to them. Now, I don't know why he brought that up. Uh, I, I, I remember reading the verse that talked about the, the beast in the last days understanding dark sentences. And what I said was, if, if you want to know what dark sentences are, think of the opposite of the Bible. The words of the Lord are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They are light sentences. So the words of the Antichrist are going to be dark sentences. It's that simple. Uh, at one point, Hoggard asked the audience what dark sentences in the Bible means to them. Double bubble, toil and trouble, York responded. <laughs> they had to pick that one. He was just he was being a, a clown when he answered that when he answered it that way. Uh, spells, the man with the bird muttered. At the back of the room was a table holding a mountain of DVDs. Each guest who attended received seven of them. Some of the titles included Aliens. The Phoenix Affair, um, and that would have been um, the story of Betty Andreessen. 
Aliens, the Northern Army. You know what that one is. Roswell's Alien Gods and Alien, the Bible's answer to the alien threat. Quote, I am a Baptist preacher, but I also believe in weird stuff, Hoggard said at the start of his presentation. For over two hours, without interruption, Hoggard covered just about every topic under the sun, which is wrong. I did not talk about game shows during that time. And I did not talk about automotive repair at any time during that talk. I just, I want to clear the air on this. I didn't literally cover everything under that's under the sun. I, I didn't literally talk about that. They exaggerated this. Um, let's see here. It was only 20 minutes into the lecture that he brought up Aleister Crowley, an English occultist and a man that, by Hoggard's own explanation, would have ritualistic, satanic fornication with women to produce a spirit. That's actually true. He did that. So he's now. Here's what here's what I'm I'm thinking as I'm reading this. If I am a if I'm a college student. And I dabble in the occult a little bit. I've read some books on. Crowley. I've read some books on uh, on mysticism and and um, oh, I don't know, just various practices that these occultists practice. If I'm that person and I'm reading this article, I'm going, oh, I want to see what Hoggard. I want to see this Hoggard. I want to watch these videos. I want to see what he has to say. Because that is an area of, of interest to them, whether this guy bought into it or not. And by the way, when he, when he interviewed me afterward, he was very polite and uh, very open. And I gave him, uh, I will say this, I will gave him very long answers so that he could condense down what he wanted uh, the question or the answer to each question to be. But if if I'm if I'm on campus here and I'm reading this and I dabble into the occult a little bit, then this Mike Hoggard guy that you've introduced me to is somebody that I would like to find out what he knows and what he's got to say. Because he sounds like to me, he sounds like somebody that has studied the same things that I've studied. And it sounds to me like he's got some insight that I haven't seen before because I haven't studied the Bible part of it. So again, people, whatever this says, I can't lose on this. I just don't lose. There there isn't going to be thousands of people who are going to show up here at church Wednesday night protesting with picket signs, walking up and down American Legion Drive, going down with Bethel, down with Bethel. Pastor Mike is evil. Pastor Mike is a threat to our children. I don't see any of that happening. All right, now, uh, let's see here. Spirits like this, Hoggard said, uh, we perceive as aliens from the fourth dimension. Crowley's spirit was named Lamb, 
a word that, according to Hoggard, comes from the Dolly Lama. And it does. As things seemed to be winding down near the two-hour mark, and attendees began to ease their way out of the chairs, the UFO pastor dropped yet another bombshell that kept them in their seats for another half hour. <laughs> I believe in Bigfoot, and I believe Bigfoot is in the Scripture, Hoggard said. According to Hoggard, why, why can't they say Pastor Hoggard? Anyway, uh, according to Hoggard, <laughs> Bigfoot is a satyr, half man, half no, I didn't say half goat. Anyway, half beast is what I said. Half goat creature of legend. Satyrs have a tendency to howl, Hoggard said, and share their physical appearance and their walking pattern with Bigfoot. Hoggard pulled up a video called the Patterson-Gimlin film that pictures a creature who theorists say is Bigfoot walking next to a river. According to Hoggard, the humans cannot recreate that walking pattern. It's not according to me. It's according to a man by the name of Jeff Meldrum. In fact, let me let me pull that up here. Jeff Meldrum. Uh, this guy here. Uh, let me do some images here. Meldrum is the Bigfoot guy. He is a he is an anthropologist. From the University of Idaho, he is a tenured professor, and he is one of a very small number of university-level anthropologists who actually believe that these footprints here are not human footprints. They're not carved out of a, of a piece of wood because... Uh, there's something in here, a, a tarsal, metatarsal ridge or something like that, that primates have on the bottom of their feet that cause them to walk the way they do and so on. Meldrum is the guy um, who actually took the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film, the, the one of, of, you know, Bigfoot walking, turning like this and trying to get into the woods. Meldrum measured the places where this Bigfoot's legs bent, its ankles bent, its hips bent, how wide its hips were, where the other leg was, and how it bent, how the arms hung down and how the arms swung, and how the spine came up and the shoulders and the neck. And he said, I don't care how good the suit was that they could have made in 1966 there isn't a human being in the world that can that can bend their bones in this manner. Can't be done. So just because some reporter says, uh, yeah, Hoggard, huh, huh, Hoggard talked about Pigfoot. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we all know that doesn't exist. Not so fast. Yeah, uh, in, in fact, Meldrum's work in studying um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, 
and uh, his his idea of what its skeletal system would look like. Uh, I can't. I think it was Discovery Channel, but I may be wrong. Um, but they they three D printed an entire eight foot tall skeleton uh, of what Meldrum believed a Sasquatch would would look like. A fully grown eight foot tall Sasquatch. They they 3D printed it. Took them months. Took them months to put all to print this all out and to get it all together. Anyway, back to the back to the ranch here. Um, the article says that wasn't nearly the most interesting revelation he gained from the video, though. That Bigfoot has breasts. Hoggard said. Now, all right. Got to show it to you. Let's see here. Do this. Uh, stabilized. There it is. There's a better one, though. Let's see if this is it. The proof is out there. See, there's Jeff Meldrum there. Here's Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin. That is the back of Patty. They call her Patty after... Patterson. Here is a close-up of Patty's foot turned upside down and measured against a plaster cast of a footprint. Let's see here. Here he explains the gait of Patty, that it's not a human gait. It's not a human way of walking. Yeah, let's see here. Right here, well, they're going to show the legs, but right here at this point in the video, you start to see that Patty, here we go, actually has two hairy Let's see if they'll show it. They'll feature it in this video. No, they won't. Uh, Two uh, hairy breasts. Here's another Patterson Gimlin. This is raw. This is raw footage here. He's on a horse, and he's trying to take this and try to get his horse to be still at the same time. At some point, he stops right here. Now, right here, 
you can clearly see. In fact, look at this down here. You can clearly see that it's a female. Very clearly. <clears throat> All right. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Um, where was we here? Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Okay. And I said that Bigfoot has breasts. What? Asked F. Effie Albay, a Purdue junior in aeronautics and astronautics engineering from the audience. I said, those are mammaries, Hoggard responded. Oh, yeah. Besides Bigfoot, Hoggard said the Bible also proves the existence of giants, demigods, and dragons. Yes. Uh, though there were plenty of exciting and strange anecdotes about cryptids and extraterrestrials, that was far from what most of the content at the Area 52 UFO conference covered. In reality, and they caught me. Mm -hmm. Pastor, they caught me. In reality, the Bible, uh, biblical teachings and prophecies in the Bible were the biggest subjects <laughs> in his lecture turned sermon. Yes. What were they thinking that you would do otherwise? Yeah. Imagine. Inviting a doctor to come and speak to you about how uh, the foot can heal itself. And mm. all of a sudden he talks about medical things. Exactly. <laughs> Grief. I came here to use the UFO subject to bring awareness to you, to give you some free food, and to tell you that God does love you, Hoggard said. Though Hoggard believes that we aren't alone in the universe, he still believes that humans are special. I'm a geocentrist with an explanation, Hoggard said. And what I mean by that, I'll tell you what I mean by that. And let me read their, their narrative. That explanation was that the earth is the center of the universe, that hell exists in the core of the earth. Now, am I wrong? No, you're right. No, it's the heart of the earth. It's exactly where Jesus said it was. That's right. Uh, and that God will one day arrive on his chariot. Now, I don't know where he got this, but let me read this. That God will one day arrive on his chariot, manned by AI, mm -hmm. and controlled by angels with large heads and almond-shaped eyes. Uh, he got that all, I have no idea where he got it from. <laughs> he just made it up. <laughs> well, I kind of think that he mixed what I was saying about, um, these evil devils, which I think the gray aliens are in that category. Uh, the evil devils um, are are flying their own chariots. They're flying their own uh, ships, their capsules, whatever you want to call them. They're flying their own chariots of the sun. I'll put it that way. And uh, But they're not going to be bringing God here. He missed that one completely. So I said, we believe that God has the coolest car in the universe, said Hoggard. This is God's chariot. 
Kat Stafford, a senior in entomology, said she's heard lectures like Hoggard's before. She said, you have to look for these things, Stafford said. If you look for anything in the Bible, you'll probably find it. Well, seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened up to you. Somebody say an amen. An amen. Now, uh, I asked uh, Pastor Rock here, uh, and I don't know why this subject has been on my mind. Uh, maybe it has to do with some things that I, I guess me and my wife and some other people have been talking about this past week while we've been gone. Um, but it's the, the subject of witchcraft and um, how pervasive it is uh, in America and what different forms uh, it takes on. And it there are a lot of forms that witchcraft come in. Uh, let me put this up on the screen uh, hit that button. I hit the wrong button. I do it every time. There we go. Let me put this up here. This was the advertisement that existed in the comic books that I read in the 70s. I don't know if this was around in the 60s. Um, but this this was a, a a part of those comic books, a full page ad, the magic power of witchcraft, and at one point it says so so easy even a child can do it. Now, I would agree that there are some easy spells that uh, probably children could do. However, I do not, I do not in any way, shape, or form encourage nor endorse any child trying to do any form of witchcraft whatsoever. It To me, it is that dangerous. I have watched uh, enough YouTube videos of people who are, and I don't know why, Pastor, they'll do this. There are people who will be, uh, they'll be recording for, for YouTube and they'll say, look, listen, I'm getting knocks on the wall or I'm getting knocks on the, on the floor and there's nobody there. And where's all that coming from? And, and, uh, you know, I'm getting stuff pushed off the, uh, uh, the, the, the shelves or whatever, and I'm getting doors knocked on and I'm getting lights turned on and off and it's freaking me out. So I wanted to know what I was dealing with. So I went and got a Ouija board. Great idea. <laughs> I went and got a Ouija board and set a Ouija board down. And then I started contacting these spirits. Show me who you are. And they're, they're getting all these Letters that make words, and they're finding out some name that this devil wants to be known by. 
Listen, people, you are messing with what the Bible calls a familiar spirit. You are not, you are not to consult a familiar spirit. So put away all of your divination, no matter if it's a Ouija board, no matter if it's, I don't know, a, a, a pair of dice or a set of dice. Uh, does it matter if you're using tarot cards or card captors? Um, what's some of the other card the games? Laughing Buddha. Huh? The Laughing Buddha. Have laughing Buddha? No. What is a Laughing Buddha? That's um, a statue of Buddha. A big fat statue. Careful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they would keep that in their houses to attract some kind of wealth, and it's through this spirit of divination. And this happens in India and other parts of the Asian country. Explain to me a little bit about how rampant. And you know, I've, I was talking to you yesterday about that there's only two religions in this world. There's Bible Christianity. Mm -hmm. And in Bible Christianity, we put all, all of our trust yeah. in the Lord God. And we ask God to do things for us that we cannot do, that we should not do. And the importance there is that if we ask God to do it, then sit down, shut up, and wait for God to do it because God's going to do it. He's either going to do it. Or he's going to do something way better than what you asked for, which is what I tell people. That's what I believe. That's what I think Paul, uh, God was telling Paul in Second Corinthians 12. You know, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. I have something better for you than removing the thorn in your flesh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you grace to endure it every single day time and so um seeing how pervasive now that witchcraft um what we call eastern mysticism how that is invading america and invading churches uh share with us a little bit about what you've seen as someone who grew up in India uh, and some of the ways that they practice witchcraft, some of the ways that they practice uh, divination, trying to find out, you know, divine from the gods, what's going to happen and so on. Well, the witchcraft in India is everywhere and, and everybody uses it except the small little group of faithful Christians. Uh, it is used by the Hindus, the Muslims, the atheists, uh, the Buddhists, and the Catholics. And especially from where I come, the Catholics are always into witchcraft. And they use that to destroy the neighbors. And the witchcraft substance that they use, basically it would be a black crow, or a lemon, or a charcoal, or... Uh, chilies, they would use anything and everything, even the mud that you have stamped upon. Really? Or, uh, yes, the, they would take the mud from where you stamped and they would take that to the guy called Tantric or the witchcraft doctor yeah. or the sorcerer 
or even a, or a hair from the head and that will be taken and given to the sorcerer or the, or the guy who does the divination and he does this kind all kind of magics and and in, inviting the evil spirit into it and they use that to destroy their enemies their neighbors out of jealousy and envy and and i have a uh, two experience uh, myself one is before salvation yeah. and one is after my marriage um that is uh, after salvation uh, i will tell you one story recently that happened uh, after my salvation uh, i mean i mean after i was married there was a guy who was coming to our church he was from this muslim background i led him to the lord he he found a gospel track he called me up i shared the gospel to him this man got saved amen and then he had a desire that his father would get saved and but his father was into this witchcraft of the muslim religion and and he had warned me he told me you know pastor can you come and share the gospel to my father and to my aunt and uh, but i want you to know my father is into this he always lives in this dark room and he has this picture of this uh, one muslim leader and a small little lamp in that dark room and uh, i want you to come and share the gospel to him so i said okay so i prayed and took my bible and i went and um, that man would just sit and smile and listen to me mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and uh, i shared the gospel when i just got out of the house and just a couple of minutes ago you were just talking about it when i got out of the house i get a call from my wife that the tap in my kitchen just blast and the water is all over our kitchen and this never ever happened before yeah and um, and i knew this is this is not just by fluke or by mistake this has to do something by the evil one who was really unhappy and um, Uh, but anyway god gives us the victory all the time and there was one experience that happened when i was unsaved right. we were very very poor you know because of us living in poverty uh, my my uncle actually told me you know there is this um, a hindu priest in the temple there if you guys go he told me and my brother if you guys will go there and tell him your problem and he will pray and he will give you something and everything will be changed for you you'll become rich wow and we were very happy and i think i was 16 years old we were very happy 15 16 years old and immediately the next day we took a bicycle and we went it's about 12 kilometers like 6 miles uh, we went there and into the temple and he this this guru or the or this hindu priest meets us at the temple door and we tell him, and we told him you know my un- uh, one of our uncle told us to come and meet you we have a lot of problems uh, we want to share that with you and he takes us mm-hmm. guess where he takes us he takes us into a room extremely dark no light at all mm. and a dark black color idol of a hindu goddess mm. uh, with her tongue outside eyes are red what's her name kali Kali, yes. yes. <laughs> She's in uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. And skulls around her neck and a dead body under her foot. And he made us to sit there and we were Catholics then, not saved. Yeah. He made us to sit down on the floor and a small little lamp that is lighted in front of her. And he takes some shells and throws it on the floor and you know and then he tells us to wear some ring on our finger. 
with some stones. Yeah. He said, this green emerald or red ruby, he told me and my wife, uh, I mean, sorry, my brother to do that. And then he tells us, go home, take a coconut and lemons and chili and uh, wrap it around and take seven rounds around your house. And seven days later, you come and bring that to me. And we did that. Yeah. And we took that seven rounds. Seven days later, we go back. And by the way, he's, he's using that seven, number seven. Yeah. And seven rounds, after seven days, come to him and give that, um, you know, coconut and the chili and the lemon to him. Mm. And guess what? We did that. But in God's great divine care, God sent a great, great famine in my home. And we became more poorer than we ever were. Wow. We had no food in our home. Wow. And that was a time when we looked up unto Jesus and called upon the Lord to save us. And wow. God sent a man in our house. And that man was sharing the gospel to my mom. And I overheard the gospel from John chapter 14, verse 6. And I got saved. Amen. 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 I like that. Now, he mentioned... Um, the number seven, and if you, uh, we, we were, he and I were talking yesterday about, I don't know, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, where would it be? Where would it be? Where would it be? Um, what's known as the seven chakras, and you've heard me mention that before. So we're going to get a little insight on exactly uh, what these chakras might be or what they might represent. Let me get a good picture of them here, and I'll put them up on this screen here. There we go. And uh, there we go. We'll get this out of Pastor's way. Pastor, these are the, the seven chakras. And believe it or not, mm -hmm. um, I have... I have studied uh, a UFO expert by the name of Dr. Stephen Greer. And Dr. Greer is a, uh, a board-certified ER doctor, which means he's very intelligent. Right. He's very, uh, his, his wits are about him. He um, uh, has a very, very good grip i guess mm -hmm. on on reality and so on however when he started getting in contact with these what we would call ufo yeah. knots or ufo entities um they were teaching him or he was learning about all the way back in his college days when he was in his uh, early 20s, he was learning about the seven chakras that are built into every man. They're built into every woman, mm -hmm. uh, every child. Uh, you have them from, uh, I guess you have them from birth all the way to death. Now, what are these seven chakras and are they something that if somebody has them, should we be uh, concerned about that somehow? Well, these um, uh, ch chakras, 
based on what the Hindus believe, uh, they have these seven chakras, and one is the muladhara, that is speaking about the base spine, or you would say the root chakra, yeah. to make your you know firmness on the earth, connecting yourself to the earth. It's an earth element, and so you call it as root chakra, uh, touching your genital organs, and that's why most of the time you'll find in the Hindu religion or in the Indian culture, people sit on the floor to eat uh, food, or even to do their pujas and all, huh. because they're connecting their body to the earth, uh, because uh, it is in connection with their, uh, the minerals and their body, or genit their genitals. And that's what wow. is called root chakra. Okay. This is what the Hindus believe, and I'm giving what they believe in. Right. And then we can interpret what the scripture comes up with. Then th they have the swadhisthana, that is the sacral chakra. Here it is, right here. Yeah. The sacral chakra, yeah. which is about pleasure and sexual thing. And you will find most of these, um, uh, you know, if you go to India, in some of the famous temples, you'll find their gods and goddesses are all sensual. And, uh, you know, I'm not making it up. In the temples, you'll find the pictures of their gods and goddesses with the positions of sex and, and or, or different kind of sexual uh, activity. Uh -huh. and, um, and and that's what their gods and goddesses are depicted. Um, then there is the Maripukra, that's a navel chakra, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's... Your belly button. Your yeah, belly button, about yeah. hunger and food and nourishment. And they try to tap on all those things. Then they have this an Anahatara, that's their heart chakra, that's below your ribcage. Right. You know. And it's about love and compassion and romance. And um, then we have Vishuddhi, that's the throat chakra, it's speaking about communication, communicating with people and communi communicating to the spirits. Right. And then is Agna, that is your third eye, you know, where the Shiva is speaking about, uh, it's your sight and perceptions. And they try to go on their third eye right here. And you see that even in the, uh, unfortunately, in so-called Christian things, uh, which is slain in the spirit, or which I, yesterday... We yes, had, yes. Yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, the slain in the spirit. You know, they try to put their uh, thumb on the, on the forehead or on the temple, try to tap the and illuminate the people into this so-called spiritual realms. Yeah. And in trying to connect with God. Unfortunately, even the Pentecostals, these charismatic people, use the same. It's the same spirit. I've been yeah. saying that. Yeah. It's the same spirit. I it's have been not nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. I know it. I know it. I I, I thought about that for once, and I have told, I've told the people, uh, you know, my story a little bit about uh, I was I was searching for what God had. And, you know, you got all these Pentecostals saying, we've got it, we've got it, we've got it. All you need to experience it and so on. So I go to this Pentecostal church here in town. The preacher preached a, a really good message. He wasn't pushing, you know, Pentecostalism on me or anything like that. But I went down and they went around and they touched everybody on the forehead. And now everybody else around me fell mm -hmm. down. I heard them being caught. They had a catcher behind me, and um, 
He had a baseball glove on, you know, and he's going, come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, they had a catcher behind me, and, and they come back twice on me because mm. it, it didn't work the first time. So when they touched my forehead again and nothing happened, I was praying right then, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I asked you if this was from you. Your answer was no. So, God, I promise you, I will never, ever, ever seek this out again. Amen. I never will do it. And then it dawned on me, you know, a few days afterward, I'm thinking about what had happened. And I'm thinking, Mike, you were asking them to kill your spirit. Slain. In the spirit mm. is what it's referred yeah. to as. You're asking them to kill your spirit. Mm. And, Mike, I wasn't going to let them do that. Uh, you know, I had a plan for you, Mike. I'm going to have you do this and this and this and so on. And I'm glad that he did. But, man, I tell you what, it, it was very alluring to me because some friends of mine had already got into it. And... Uh, so I like I say I'm just I'm just thankful that God didn't let that happen. The number seven, I believe, man, well, I gotta get my pure Bible search software all set up and um do they give an explanation? Do Hindus give an explanation of why there are seven chakras? Why there's why there's not eight or nine, or six, or five, uh, or anything like no, that. I don't think so. There is okay. All right. Here's what I came up with. Deuteronomy. Okay. First of all, uh oh, that's me doing that. I think. <laughs> I keep knocking his camera down. Yeah, put it upside down. People think you're hanging from the trees. <laughs> Yeah, this is how Indian people live. They all hang from trees. There we go. Uh, the the seven chakras. Mm -hmm. They are they are like whirlwinds. Right. They're they're energy spiral uh, spirals. Yeah, that's a good way of putting them. In it, they're 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 spirals, and. In Deuteronomy 7, God said, When the Lord thy God... Let me see if I can put this up on the screen here. Yeah, look at there. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. God said, when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and shalt utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou... Uh, Make marriages with them, and thy daughter shalt thou not give to the, unto his son, 
nor his daughter shalt thou not take unto thy son, uh, for they will turn away from thy, thy son from following me, and they, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Uh, but, this, uh, but this shall ye deal with them, or thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn down their graven images with fire. So this is what God told Israel to do whenever they encounter these, here, here they are, these seven nations mightier than thou. And to me, those seven nations are seen in the seven chakras that you allow them to invade your very being. You allow them this. You, in fact, you want this. You want these spirits to come into you. There's no doubt in my mind that Mary Magdalene probably felt that she was going to uh, have power like she never had before mm-hmm. until she met Jesus. Amen. I love that story. Amen. So anyway... Um, that's what I and and we know then that Mary Magdalene was delivered of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She had seven devils in her, and she had to be delivered of them all. And Christ came to her and delivered her from the power that those demons had over her. And she became one of Jesus' most faithful followers. You know, to whom much is forgiven. Um, How is it Jesus said that? She she will serve me much because she has been forgiven of much or something like that. You understand what I'm saying? And so anyway, we have the seven nations there mentioned in Deuteronomy 7. We have the seven... um, spirits that are basically spirits of death that uh, show up in uh, in the book of Matthew, the spirits that uh, drove were driven away for driven out of Mary Magdalene. And then I think you have uh, the seven heads of the beast, the seven, crowns that he wears and um, I think that's part of it as well I'm just looking at sevens that I know of for sure in the Bible and then uh, the seven unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the beast and the antichrist so so tell me a little bit about what you think about those in relation to uh, maybe Hindu mythology or whatever well, you know, what the Hindu mythology does, uh, you know, it's they take the facts of the Bible of the Old Testament. Yeah. They take the fact of the Old Testament and make it into a colorful uh, truth. And once upon a time, a couple of decades ago, they all believed it was a mythology. Unfortunately, now in the recent decade, they all believe it's no more a myth, but it's a holy scripture. Right. You know, they are very open about it. Now they don't say it's myth or mythology. 
uh, they they say it's a holy scripture wow. and they go by that now and uh, they believe that's their true god once upon a time they believed in evolution yeah. like you'll find their god you know with uh, elephant head uh, with the body of a man and a ganesha yeah so you know so they will go hand in gloves with uh, anything and everything but in the recent days they become more religious and um, um, you know i have a story to tell you about yeah. in, in the bible okay about a yes, man called yes. <laughs> about a, uh, about this group of people called angori babas i don't know if you uh, if you can pull those picture and show them oh let's see angori uh, babas in india i got to spell it and right and i want to show why the western uh, countries are pulled towards the eastern religion now in this day and age uh, angori babas all right yes that's them there let me put that on the screen go ahead so angori baba basically if you see angori baba you find him in the bible also and uh, uh, he is there in mark chapter 5 a man with unclean spirit legions yeah. and this man was living among the tombs eating the dead body the dead flesh cutting mm. himself throwing dust on himself and people tried to control him bind him but he would destroy the chains until he found jesus yeah and when jesus came the bible says you know he made him free you know the evil spirit went into the swine uh, and it, the lord set him free and he was sitting with clothes and with the right mind sound mind yeah now these angori babas are still living in india they live naked they throw dust on their bodies Ooh. they live among the dead they eat the flesh and uh, people wait, wait, worship wait, 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 wait. them <laughs> they eat much. what they eat the dead corpse ah! the, the flesh of the dead body ah! and it's happening even now why do they do that uh they 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 think that's where the power comes and that's witchcraft I, isn't there a law against that well, in india no you know they are considered as gods really yeah spiritual gods and so they are worshiped and people go and worship their private parts oh yeah and no. they eat the dead body they live among the dead body so oh. you find that in mark chapter 5 wow and and uh, you know that's the biggest way of witchcraft man 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 so what power does this give them evil power evil satanic power. power yeah so you know from the dead body what else you get you know the, it's the evil spirit greater power of the evil one yeah to destroy others to kill the neighbors to take revenge here's what it would be necromancy is was that only one time in the scriptures necromancy i guess so yeah uh these are the forbidden practices mhm in fact let's go through these and then for each one i'm going to ask you to tell me how that might be practiced in india all right so god says and this is all about nines okay yeah. you have nine fruits of the spirit uh you have nine uh 18 deeds of the flesh um and so you have the you, basically these it's the opposite 
of the nine fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you have um, these nine practices that God said, absolutely stay away from them. Do not practice them. Do not let anybody you know practice them and so on. And if you find out somebody's practiced them, well, listen here. The, the penalty for this was very severe. It was the death penalty. Yeah. So God said, when thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not. So let's say that, let's say that uh, there was a time when God gave India over into the hands of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a that's a fact. All right, mm-hmm. that's a that happened historically. When did that happen? Do you know? Well, in 1947, we got our freedom. Okay. Uh, so for 400 years, they ruled our wow. country. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard uh, Carol Matriciana say this. Uh, she said that before the British really established themselves in India, the idea of a hospital or an emergency uh, ward or some form of uh, food giveaway or things like that was almost never practiced because of the caste system. Mm -hmm. Because the idea that if you were a lighter-skinned, better-spoken Indian than your darker-skinned, lower-formed brethren, then it's obvious that nature has chosen for you to be down on that level. And uh, you are you are up on this level, and you're coming very, very close mm-hmm. to becoming a god or goddess of the earth. And uh, so when the British Empire came in and, and settled itself, for the very first time, because, because of Christianity, mm. because of Christianity, the Christians move in and Christian thought moves in. And all of a sudden now we're going, well, shouldn't there be a, a hospital for these people? I mean, they are people. The Indians would say, well, they're not of the right caste than us. They're not, they're lower than us. So whatever misery they have to endure in this life, let them do it. Let them, you know, have all they want. So anyway, back back to this. You have uh, the British Empire coming in, and you have India practicing all of these practices that a standard Englishman would go, oh, my goodness. So he said, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. First thing God said is, when you go in, don't come back Mm -hmm. practicing their form of whatever it is that they taught you. Don't do it in my land. Um, He said, verse 10, there shall not be found among you any that observe or that or 
that useth divination. I missed part of it. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Now we know about Molech. It's still practiced in India. What? How is it practiced? Oh, they put these coals of fire on the ground. Uh, now they put the coals of fire on the ground. And the men who are preparing to walk or run on the fire, they try to fast. Um, you know, they they will fast the whole month, and um, and and on the day of running on the fire, uh, they will all come with an orange-colored dress, dressed up. They yeah. mostly walk on their food, and uh, it will be a, absolutely if they eat, it will be a vegetarian food, nothing to do with. Uh, beef or yeah. you know non-veg, and what they do is the fire will the coals of fire will be burned and thrown on the ground, and the, uh, and these people will be running over that. Yeah, and um, but that is practiced now, which was practiced then also. But there was one more thing that was practiced called sati. Sati is when the husband dies, and the uh, and uh, his his body is burned. In fire, yeah. during that time, they'll catch the young widow and they will throw, throw her on the fire alive so she would die. Um, and it is because of the Christian influence. The missionaries, like William Carey, is the one who abolished yeah. it. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah. Man, I, I, <laughs> I've not heard of that one. Oh, yeah, Sati. Ladies in America. Get down on your knees and praise Jesus. Amen. That you don't have to be thrown in the fire with your worthless deadbeat husband or whoever it was. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, so they would do this with their with their children the young, too, obviously. Well, offering it to their gods. Not now, but then. Mm. Man. All right, the next one he said, um, that useth divination. Now, divination is divining. It is like uh, me having a handful of dye, and I've got, let's say, five pieces of dye in my hand, and I put them in a cup, and I rattle the cup out, and I want to get, I don't know, pick a number, I want to get all fives. If I get all fives, then I get the whole pot of what everybody else threw in. If I get less than fives or more than fives, then the pot gets distributed out to the people who uh, picked the number that I would have picked. So in divination, you roll the dice mm. and you're using the dice or you're using bones or you're looking at tea leaves or you're looking at the palm of of your hand. Uh, where's my hand at? Where's your camera? There it is. Using the palm of my <laughs> hand right here. And uh, looking at those lines to see what my future is going to be. Now that is part of what divination is. And there are other forms of divination. And I've seen them before. Uh, so tell me what they would do in India, how they would divine things in India. How, what, divination is basically uh, having the gods fill you in on what they're going to do. 
So basically, uh, in regard to divination, you know, they, oh, my my camera keeps. Going. <laughs> oh, I did it that again. Is divination here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. There. Go ahead. Well, there's a, you know, the divination practice in this uh, witchcraft. In the one thing you must understand, what the witch, uh, what the West considers as witchcraft, a witch or witchcraft, yeah. is considered in the East as goddess. Now, you, yeah. what, yeah, what you think it is a witch in the West, in the East it is she is a goddess mm -hmm. and she is worshipped, mm -hmm. and the practice which is of witchcraft is considered to be spiritual in the East, and so. They think they are doing a favor to God, getting the power of God upon them. And this, this would be by, you know, fasting and staying in a prayer retreat uh, under the feet of Guru and waiting for him to lay hands on them and impart some kind of power. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there is a lot of manipulation that goes on. And uh, so many uh, so such uh, priests are now in the prison because of they used, you know, took advantage of the women's and wow. most of the time these divinations are related to sexual things where the women's and, and children's have been abused and misused for their pleasure mm. and um, in one sense you know the government uh, of our country has gone after them and imprisoned them also but for years oh yeah this went on huh? this is going on wow so, um, what do you see in America that's being done as far as divination is concerned, where most people don't understand that it is divination, it's being practiced, it's being done, and it's something that you knew was being done in India, uh, you knew that people were a part of this in India, and so on. Is there anything in America that, in your opinion, uh, amounts to occult divination? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, in, in this day and age, the East looks at the West and says, oh, these are the practices of the West that is influencing the East because of the television. Mm -hmm. But if you look further, if you look backside, it, it, these, are, these were the practices that was... Uh, practiced by the East in the beginning and the West actually uh, took it and practiced and made it popular and now getting back. For example, uh, homosexuality, mm. same-sex marriages, transgenderism. This is all, this was not practiced in the West before. This was practiced in the East. Really? Uh, yes, this, is pra this was practiced in the East. They are, they are gods and goddesses used to practice. These are openly cowed in the temple walls in, in, in some of the famous temples in India. Um, and, you know, um, this has permeated into the West now. And unfortunately, this, and, you know, the, even the Christians in America or in the Western country are accepting it with wide open arms, the yoga and meditations yeah. and all this thing. And these are witchcraft. There you go. And Paul Yoga. actually rebukes the Galatian Christian and says, who has bewitched you? Yeah. You know, basically bewitched me. Who has put a spell on you? And who, why did you fall into this witchcraft trap? We can talk about skulls and owls and crows, but this is entered into Christianity today. 
and um, uh, you know people who are not in the word are bowing down to witchcraft in the name of exercise or in the names of goodwill and they are selling their soul to the to the evil one Oh, praise the Lord. You know, Pastor, I appreciate you coming over here and telling us all this. Um, this is stuff that people need to know. This is, uh, this is information that uh, I think that, number one, every American household should know. Uh, but definitely every Christian household should know these things. They should know what it is that they're getting their kids into, that they're putting them uh, into. Uh, they're getting them into, um, and I started reading um, uh, a little bit from um, Marilyn Ferguson's Aquarian Conspiracy book, where she talks about, she says, I'm an Aquarian, I'm a, I'm a New Ager. And this is what we're doing. Now, don't be alarmed, but this is what we've done. And this is what she foresees in the future is says this is what we're going to do. But basically, she saw years ago how that <clears throat> Hindu mysticism and Hindu practices were coming over into America, first in California. Now, California... Um, they are the trend sitters for America. In other mm -hmm. words, whenever California comes out with a new dress style, then the rest of the country has to have that new dress style. When some rock and roll person wants to start wearing a glove on one hand, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you got people wearing a glove on one hand. Right. <laughs> and um, so California sets these trends, and there are people who do nothing but look at the trends California sets, and then they basically promote those. And I'm not just talking about the way people dress. I'm talking about the way that they're clothed, the way that um, they're taught, the way that they're treated. Um, and I had a family from San Diego several years ago that they were scared to death they, they got married, but they were scared to death to have kids. And I said, why? They said, we're pretty sure that at some point we'll go to prison mm -hmm. just for having kids and trying, to, and trying to straighten them out, you know, trying to use corporal punishment on them. I said, well, yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, as India moves into California, California then influences the rest of the country so that we do whatever they're doing and have been doing on TV or in the movies, and then it creeps into the church. Exactly. I, I have. That's right. I mentioned to you yesterday this uh, TV show from the 50s called Perry Mason about mm -hmm. a lawyer. Right. Okay? And folks get this now. Um. I watch this show at night because it's from the 50s and it's pretty much clean. In other words, they're not using all the dirty words in there. In fact, they don't use any in there because that was the the TV system ratings 
back in the day in this in the 60s was you couldn't use any profanity in your programming so they didn't uh but anyway in this show i kept noticing and it started in 1957 okay my dad graduated high school 19 uh 1959 okay mm-hmm. so he was of that generation in 1957, Perry Mason starts, and I start noticing then that there were scenes where there would be a statue of the Buddha. And he would always be, he wasn't always sitting in his divine enlightenment pose. He was sitting sometimes with his hands uh doing certain what's called mudras. Everything that they do with their hands has a symbolic meaning to it. Similar to, and this is a true story, we go out to uh, Delphi, Indiana. Every, every October, there were a couple of young teenage girls, 13 years old, uh, Abby and Libby, and uh, they finally found the guy that they think killed uh both of them um they're gonna hold his trial i don't know when uh but the um oh where was i going with this oh the at the crime scene of these two girls who were killed their their throats were slit from ear to ear in their blood the guy draws this uh, rune character uh, of the letter F, which has its own sacred, mystical, powerful meaning. So if you were a practicing uh, runist and you knew the power of runes and you cast rune spells on people, and if you saw that somebody had put a certain rune on a certain tree, you might want to be careful about going across on that land because that guy's got I'll tell you what I think he's got. I think he's got spiritual powers that are watching over that. I think there's principality devils and powers and rulers of darkness. So anyway, um, you have all of that being done in America. So in in, in Perry Mason, every now and then, they they show, deliberately show, a, a, a statue of the Buddha in some form of pose using different mudras. And those different mudras, the way his hand is gesturing, like this, like this, like I don't know all of them, but they all mean something. And I'd like to find out who it was that was responsible for putting all those on there. Surely somebody knows. But even after that, you have uh, Hollywood and TV shows begin to introduce more occult themes into their programming. All of a sudden now, in the 60s, you have the Munsters, you have the wow. Adams Family, you have Bewitched, you have uh, My Favorite Martian, you have uh, My Mother the Car, um, you have all these TV shows that are supposed to be funny shows, but they're based upon... The occult. And I looked back at it 
and I can you can clearly see a massive change between let's say that let's say that you lived in 1958 and you went into a coma yeah and you woke up in 1974 mm-hmm. and you were expecting the world to be the way it was in 1958 not a chance no way the world was so completely literally turned upside down during the 60s it's just unbelievable but that's the influence that the west india or we would say the east india uh, india uh japanese thought chinese thought um indonesian thought shoot you've even got thailand. muslims running around do what thailand thailand yeah Indonesia. yeah you have all of this influence now in this country and you need to understand that it's like you brought up yesterday uh, uh something that i have believed for for several years now Whenever Bible Christianity is allowed to thrive in a land, mm. you have cleanness. Yeah. You have clean streets, clean infrastructures. Yeah. yeah. But when you go to a nation that is ruled over by darkness, it's garbage everywhere. It, it is. It, there is garbage. There is filth. Poverty. There is, yeah, poverty. There is, we saw a lady uh, in Kenya several years ago. She was in uh, one of the slums there, Kibera. And uh, we were just pulled up. We were, we were looking for a pastor. We were just waiting in the car. Me and uh, two or three other American pastors were waiting in the car. And this woman came, was walking through the mud streets there in in um, the slums there of Kibera, and she saw some running water. She stopped, and she dipped her feet in that. It's sewer water. Oh, boy. That's what it is. It's water mixed with sewage, and it's running down because they'd had some rain, and she's, she's just dipping her feet in that and, you know, kind of dampening yeah. off with the mud around it and she went up went on her way and i'm like that's sick (laughs) yeah that's that's just sick so anyway um let me see here let me get to a couple more here before we close pass through the fire use divination observer of times Mm -hmm. observer of times astrology how is astrology practiced in India? Oh, very much. Uh, the time is, you know, practiced very much. Like, if they would, um, you know, get married, they would go to this uh, guru or a priest, and yeah. they will find out the exact time, what time they have to get married, and uh, they will make sure that it will not be before or after that. Really? Yeah. They will see that that you know the ritual is done in during that particular time, because if you miss that, they believe that oh bad luck is going to come after them, their life is going to be miserable, 
and it be it marriage or even burning the dead body or i mean burning the dead body or inaugurating their homes yeah. whatever it is or put naming the child it will all be according to the time uh, given by the priest that's crazy yes that's that is superstitions is what that is that's mm -hmm. what um all right so uh let's see here an observer of times an enchanter someone who gives enchantments mm. the repetition of of chants yep how's that done that's in every religion basically yeah it is it's and in, even in pentecostalism speaking in tongue there repeating you go. the same thing yeah you are you know shanananana so just All right. Repeating. It's in Catholic religion saying the rosary, when repetitions. Exactly. It's in Islam. It's in Hinduism. It's in every religion. Yeah. Uh, thank God in Christianity, God says, you know, just talk to God like a child would talk to the father. All right. A witch. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how a witch would practice witchcraft in India. How would you know if a woman was a witch how would you know that um in india basically they will be worshipped <laughs> and it's so easy to know she will say she's the devi she's the ma she's the mother or she's the goddess and there are so many women in the eastern uh, country today are worshipped as god when they are actually the witch witch of india Ooh. They will go to them for blessings. Um, you, you were know, talking about that earlier. This is Kali, yeah. That's Kali. Ooh, let me put Kali up on the screen. Not Kali. Kali goes to church here. <laughs> Sorry, Kali. This is Kali. Now, Kali, if you watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, then you learned a little bit about Kali. Worship. Kali is the, uh, she's like the Jezebel of mm. Hinduism. She is um, the female spirit. She is mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Um, so on and so on. And so you're saying that when people would see this woman out in public, uh, they would give her money. Yeah, they would bow down, worship, fall at her feet, touch her, and pray to her. Wow. Offer sacrifice. They will cut the goat and shed the blood. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Those poor goats in India. <laughs> Man, they get it for everything. Poor goats and lambs. I had somebody... And bless their heart. I didn't know what to do. But uh, the thing was like the second time we went to Kenya, we were in uh, western Kenya. We were in um, Magori, Kenya. And there was a lady, an American woman, who had done mission work out there. And she pretty much lived out there. And uh, she knew some of the people. Anyway, she, this guy, she she meets up with me one day. Because we're going to go visit some sites that she wants me to see. 
And this old man comes up, and he has this rope, and on the end of the rope was a goat. Wow. And I'm like, I think I know what this is. What do you want me to do with it? Mm. She said, this is a very high honor. This man has given you this goat. He wants you to keep it. That is a blessing. Uh, now, if you, uh, if you reject it, and I said, I don't even want to hear what happens when I reject it. So I ended up leading this goat around for a while, and then when we got ready to leave, I handed it to her, and I said, Mama, how about you take care of my goat for me? Because I just can't imagine them letting it on the plane, mm -hmm. you know, when I go back. And so she did. She probably ate it. Wow. She probably ate it. But anyway, so this is Kali, and Kali is about as evil as you can get. Kali would be the... Uh, Catholic version of Kali would be the Virgin Mary. That's who we're talking about. Revelation 17, the woman on the beast. You know? Yeah, the woman riding the beast. And uh, she, she looks like a woman who always gets her way. Is what I think of that. If you would take a proper picture of Kali, you'll see skulls around her neck. Yeah. And I've the cup that. in her hand. It's Revelation 17. <laughs> and she's sitting on, you know, the blood of the martyrs. Yeah. There you go. Here it is. Here it is. Here's Kali. There you go. There's all the skulls and the heads. And that's Revelation 17 for you. Man, she's evil. Pure, pure evil. Yeah. How many hands? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. That's six. That's legs. Yeah. Seven. So seven legs, five, no, six, no, five hands on the right side. And uh, same amount on the left side. That's that's just crazy. That's... Look how many heads. Oh, my. I forgot that one. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten or eleven. I can't really count that. But anyway... Uh, all of all of this now that you're seeing here is nothing more than superstition. It is the it is the way that the Hindu believe is the way that India believes, and you just have to pray God bless them, God help them, God give them the light somehow, some way, um, you know, and just pray that you know that God will. Open up the the floodgates of heaven. Open up the doors of heaven and shower blessings down upon the people of India, <clears throat> so that, like the Bible says, His doctrine can distill upon them, like the like the early showers. And um, that's that's the prayer. If you want to pray for Pastor Lordson and his ministry, he he's like Paul, brethren. My heart's desire is that all India shall be saved there is nothing wrong let let me say it this 
There is absolutely nothing wrong with you praying for your own people. Nothing wrong with that. Now, there's nothing wrong with you praying for other people as well. But there's nothing wrong for you to pray for your own people. Because your people need to hear it. My people need to hear it. His people need to hear it. Michael's people need to hear it. They all need to hear it. And uh, I want them to hear it before the last days, before it gets too bad. Well, Pastor, I've had uh, more than my share of fun today. Appreciate you being online. If it works out, Thor's Day. We'll do it again, only we'll talk about something way weirder than that, all right? <laughs> Definitely. Thank and, you for having me, Pastor. Oh, joy. yeah. Absolutely all my pleasure today. Yeah. And he is, like I said, he preached here uh, Sunday morning. He preached 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He's going to preach Wednesday night service uh, for us. And, um, and then, like I say, he did Pastor Mike online today, and we'll see about Thursday as plane leaves out Friday. You're headed to where? Colorado. Colorado. And then he's headed uh, back to um, Nebraska where his wife and children are patiently waiting for him. <laughs> and then he's going to head back to India. So please, 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 please keep him in your prayers. Where's my little happy music at? There we go. Now I got happy music going on here. Yeah, I love it. All right. God bless you. You're the reason why we do what we do. Keep us in your prayers always. Always. Pray for us as we uh, pray uh, as we try to be a blessing to the people of Turkana. Uh, pray for us as we feed them. Uh, I got shown some pictures today of our four orphans when we first found them. And uh, it'll break your heart. I'll probably show you that on Thor's Day. All right? All right. I love you. God bless you. Think Bible.